Um, now, I've actually never seen this movie, and I don't even know how to pronounce the title, but I've seen the trailer, and it is the movie Ballistic X vs. Seaver. I think it's Sewer. Sever. 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 Oh, like Sever, uh, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> I mean, that might be the only thing that makes sense. Hello and welcome to The Cutdown, a podcast all about the art of trailer editing. Here we try and go behind the scenes of trailers, uh, looking not at the movies necessarily, but at the editorial work that goes into them. Uh, I'm Rick Thomas. And I'm Derek Liu. There's a lot to talk about this week, um, because next week in America, it is Thanksgiving. Yes, so this week we thought we would talk about turkeys. Specifically, we're going to talk about the often discussed trend of trailers, which are really good for movies that maybe don't review the best shall we say yeah yeah i mean it's an interesting debate uh you know i think as we've talked about in the past you know there are bad trailers for good movies um but that's rarer and i think probably the more often cases that you've got a great trailer and then the movie turns out to be not so great um so we're going to dive into a few of those kind of extreme examples we've taken like some genuinely terrible universally hated movies and we're going to talk about those trailers and why they may be successful or not Mm -hmm. um but first of all this week we're going to dive into um the new trailer for sonic um, because there's a bit of an arc to this character now yeah this entire campaign because the the first trailer came out and let's say the public didn't take too well to the design of sonic in this live action film and it was universally panned and they decided to actually delay the film into next year because they're going to spend the time uh, redesigning the character and just reanimating the whole movie who knows how much they had already finished but it's it's quite a lot of work yeah and we dived into it on the podcast we kind of looked past the design and talked about the construction of the trailer and yeah it's kind of interesting now looking at that trailer through the the prism of this one i'm sonic a little ball of super energy In an extremely handsome package. On my planet, people were always after my powers. So I came to yours. It gets a little lonely, but that's okay. I am living my best life on Earth. What did you make of this new piece? Again, it's a bit like Six Underground. It's a lot of trader. It's about, what, 2.50, three minutes? Yeah, it's almost three minutes long. I remember the first impression that I had after I finished it was just, wow, that's a lot of trailer, not just because of the, the length, but I just had a lot of trouble remembering anything that I saw. I think like a lot of people, I was probably just very focused on just the design of the character because that was the thing that everyone was curious about, what's Sonic going to look like. In terms of the editing, the general feel was, okay, it's just wall-to-wall jokes and sonic gags for this trailer, so I didn't have much a sense of the story, which I guess, you know, hero against villain is probably just about as much story as I can expect. Yeah, there is actually a lot of story packed into this trailer, but it really is in keeping with the character who's kind of fast-paced and and there's a lot of flash doing stuff in a second, kind of leaping into an attraction and grabbing something from the gift shop in the space of a second. Oh my God, stop the car right now! What? What? The world's largest rubber band ball? We gotta see it! No, this is not some fun family road trip. Eh, you're right. It was lame. Gift shop was cool, though. Um... The pace of the trailer is definitely in keeping with that fast-paced character. Um, but like I say, yeah, there is a lot of story in there. It's really jammed in there. Like, 
I feel like this trailer is setting out to kind of prove the film as well as the character design. Um, and, you know, there's no bumper on this and it leaps straight into, you know, in the first kind of 10 seconds, you've got quite a lot of exposition. You know, I live on this planet, um, but people are trying to get me. So I came to your planet and now here I am. And then I've met this guy and then this guy's trying to track me down and I've got to save my friends. And there is a lot of stuff peppered in there. But um, if it was for any other any other character, I would say it's a little fast paced, but actually I kind of feel <laughs> that that's, that's fitting for this one yeah I, I definitely do think that this trailer had something to prove i mean it's understandable given the reception of the first one uh they they definitely get the character in front of the camera as soon as possible whereas the first one they definitely uh teased it out more so it took a little bit longer for people to realize that the character design was uh not what they were expecting i will say yeah it'll be interesting to see what they follow up for cats because that's a similarly kind of a trailer that was not appreciated, but mainly because people were kind of a bit blindsided by the aesthetic of the film. So it'd be interesting to see how they kind of follow up and do what this trailer does and confidently go out and say, hey, here's the movie and do what you think. Yeah. One thing I did notice about the editing of this trailer was they didn't do something which I thought they might have, which was uh, they didn't retread much ground from the first trailer, which I thought they might do just so that people could make those side-by-side comparisons. I think there was only really one scene where you could do a direct oh, one-to-one. Scene one. The, the scene in the garage. Yeah, where he's scared and they're like yelling after the first time they see each other, um, which, yeah, you, you can do a side-by-side, but everything else was, was new. Um, maybe in that way, they were saying, we don't have anything to prove by just giving you the, the material to make those comparisons. Yeah, I think to that point, they've actually taken down the first trailer. Um, I don't know whether they did it at the launch of this trailer or whether they'd kind of quietly done it in the past couple of months. But um, Oh, did they really? Yeah, I mean, it's still out there, but um, yeah, but yeah, Paramount um, are kind of putting all their eggs in this Sonic basket. Um, but yeah, I thought, I mean, this is just a really well cut. Like the jokes really land. The sound design is great. Uh, kind of what we were talking about last time with video games, where you use a lot of sound design from the game instead of other sound design. And this feels like it's a real nostalgic. They've done a lot of kind of nostalgic things there's the first cue is based on i think the first cue of the first level of the first game let the plate sonic let the pitcher's mount also sonic Ugh, i can't with that guy Um, you get those kind of ring sound effects in there. There's callbacks in the graphics too. You know, again, you've got the Paramount logo with the kind of rings around it. And yet, despite the pace of it, you also have the ability to kind of drop out to jokes. So you have things like the rubber band ball, which goes on kind of a second or two longer than you think it might do. And um, Jim Carrey's latte joke. These are, I think, probably because it goes through stories so quickly at the front, you actually get time to sit in a few of those moments. Um, yeah, I think it, it would be a little relentless if they didn't drop out every now and then just to, to give you a little bit of a breath. Yeah, and to that point, there's kind of three music cues in this as well. You know, you, you can imagine a world where they would have gone from that first music based on the game to their Ramones, Blitzkrieg Bop. I was just thinking about that because the first one what was Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> so they've, they've gone with a different vibe for this one, which I don't know about you, but uh, Blitzkrieg Bop makes me think of uh, the Tony Hawk games, actually. I think it makes me, yeah, it makes me think of uh, the Pirates uh, Band of Misfits, mm. um, which I think was probably the last time this was used on, this cube was used on a trailer. But they've trailerized it and it just feels like a romp, like it actually works 
really well. That was an illegal left, by the way. Oh, this one is cute. Let's keep him. Oh, come on! You've got car insurance, right? Why would you throw your life away for this silly little alien? Good time. He's my friend. Let's go! I mean, there's no emotion in here particularly. I mean, there is dialogue-wise. You know, you get that call back to like, it's not, I'm going to save the world as I'm going to save my friends. So I think that's a story point that they're really hitting home here. Yeah, I think this tone is a better one than Gangsta's Paradise because there's just, you know, the Gangsta's Paradise is just, it seems like it's them saying, hey, Sonic is so badass. Uh, whereas this just like Sonic is fun and jumps around and everything. So I think I think that's... Uh, a much easier way to sell the character. Yeah, I think actually it, do, it doesn't just fall into design. I mean, I, I, the design is more cartoony and cute, but actually the moments that they've got as well it is these kind of, he's, he's quite sweet. Yeah, he lives on his own, but he's not a kind of cool solo runner athlete guy. He's <laughs> like a doofus who plays baseball with himself. Yeah. And just, you know, just the character design and the eyes just makes the characters look much more appealing just with their giant eyes. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you could actually read this as a ploy to kind of, you know, to give the campaign, like you said at the, the start, kind of the campaign an arc where now people are really saying, oh, I'm going to buy a ticket, like they've really turned it around. And it'll be interesting to see whether they keep that momentum up to, to Valentine's Day. That is kind of a while, but I think they've gained a lot of goodwill uh, you know the like to dislike ratio is much better on YouTube yeah and maybe we'll be talking about it next Thanksgiving but for me now this uh, this film definitely doesn't look like a turkey <laughs> unlike yes the film one of the films given 0% on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes um, now I've actually never seen this movie and I don't even know how to pronounce the title but I've seen the trailer and it is the movie Ballistic X versus Siva I think it's Sever. 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 Oh, like Sever, uh, that makes sense. Right. (laughs) I mean, that might be the only thing that makes sense. (laughs) We don't have much to go on. Someone's developed a micro device. The perfect assassin. Injectable lies in wait inside its victim. One touch of a button, you can give a head of state a heart attack. And this is a, a romp of a trailer too. Have you have you seen this trailer? I haven't seen it in a while, but I do remember enjoying it actually when it came out because uh, I mean I like Lucy Liu, but it just seemed like oh it's a, sort of like a spy versus spy kind of thing where there seems to be some interesting looking fight scenes. Yeah, it's a lot as a trailer. I I mean I I saw this and because I was kind of looking for globally hated movies to to find you know one with a globally kind of recognized great trailer Mm -hmm. Um, but i had to just kind of look at this film because i've i've always heard how bad it is um and actually the trailer is i'm gonna say it's very of its time it's about 2002 um i think there's about six different transitions in the first six seconds of this of this trailer and it just happens it's like every single video transition in the box even if it isn't necessarily needed there's white flashes there's red flashes there's freeze frames transitions wipes even the warner brothers logo at the start comes in with like a blurry push from nowhere uh every single shot and guncock has a kind of video effect there's glows there's a point where it stops out for a kind of joke with a little girl in it and then it transitions it like you zoom into the little girl's head and out of a sniper rifle my daughter wanted to tell him why you look so sad i'm told it was because you just got beat up by a girl it's a lot 
it's I, it's a kind of style of trailer editing and we talked about it in the horror episode uh in terms of kind of flashy editing for horror that we don't think is going to come back but i think this this kind of editing for action i just i can't imagine a world where it's going to come back yeah it's i'm looking at it right now just without sound and it is it is a very very cutty trailer a lot of yeah like you said a lot of white flashes uh and they they're just really trying their best to just not let any shot just live on its own unadulterated um and not having seen the movie i don't i mean it Obviously, it hasn't got a great critical reception, so I'm not sure it is a great movie. But from what I can see here, it looks like there is the material to do a trailer where you do lead with a movie. But I guess that just wasn't the trailer making of the time. So this is a film directed by someone called Chaos with a K. <laughs> so I kind of don't know what you expected. Um, I had to watch it twice for the story, even though there's voiceover. Um, there's about three different graphical styles in here. Uh, literal computer graphics at the start. And then you've got their names that come up with a on like screen, with on-screen text, a bit of fire. And then at the end, you've got a kind of spy versus spy, this versus this, X versus Siva thing at the end so i mean it's definitely a lot of work went into this trailer but absolutely um, if i was looking for a good trailer for a terrible movie i'm not sure i found it here (laughs) the thing that's bewildering to me is part of its use of graphics because why identify the name of the character in this really flashy way in the trailer as if we know who they are as if it's almost like it's like it's a comic book character that we're supposed to know and they're saying oh you know we got uh, Antonio Banderas to play X, you know, and like the graphics, it does its whole build up. It's like, you know, building up to the title X versus Sever. It makes you think, is there like a ballistic franchise and there are different people pit against each other, but it's just totally out of context. So it's just kind of bewildering. I know. Well, maybe there was going to be a whole uh, Marvel-style ballistic cinematic universe because, uh, you know, ballistics X versus Sever and then ballistics Bob versus Pete. Uh, <laughs> Um, so what uh, what terrible turkeys have you dug out of the internet? Not quite as bad a review score as Zero, but one of my picks is the trailer for Ultraviolet, starring Mila Jovovich, which I checked and it has a 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. But this is one of my favorite trailers ever. This is by the same director who made Equilibrium, which has Gunkata. But this is just a very comic booky style looking film and... The, the trailer, the structure is actually, it's funny because it starts with Mila Jovovich saying, like, my name is Alice, and all the Resident Evil trailer starts with, oh, no, wait, Alice is the name of the character in Resident Evil. I was going to say, yeah. Um, and in this one, my name is Violet, right, because it's, it's called Ultraviolet. Hello, my name is Violet. So it's basically the the same setup, you know. I, I my name is Violet, and then she's going to do some exposition. But the thing that I enjoy most about this trailer is probably just the the climax with the song uh, "24 Hours" by Gem. You won't make it out of this complex of life. Watch me. It's just a sort of music video style uh, editing and, you know, all the action is cut on the beat uh, and there's no sound effects in there. So just really the music is driving the whole thing. What year was this? This was 2006. 
Okay, so in the kind of four or five years from ballistics to this, you get a marked progression in, in trailers. Yeah, this one actually has quite a bit of voiceover, and it has it has both voiceover from Mila Jovovich, and it has a trailer narrator, which I think is Howard Parker, because I guess she didn't have enough exposition to give. But um, the the film just is just chock full of these comic book visuals, which just lend themselves really well to just cutting in a montage with just a well-chosen cue, which is, I don't know if it's actually in the movie or not. Um, and it has that sort of dialogue that's very big and bombastic that just is really good for trailers. Did you like the movie? I watched some of the movie because I heard that for this one, the fight scenes were going to be more... Um, wushu inspired rather than karate which is what was the style of equilibrium uh but i ended up not even enjoying the fight scenes so i i did not enjoy the movie i will say there we go great trailer for eight percent movie but i highly recommend watching the trailer it's very entertaining at least i find it entertaining yeah along those lines um i wanted to talk about something more recent um not just uh sonic i wanted to talk about the trailers for godzilla king of the monsters um which came out this year um, and that sits at 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. So um, I thought it would be interesting to talk about something a little more recent. And I thought that was a pretty faultless campaign. I think there were three main trailers, all of them kind of doing something slightly different, using an interesting device, like really at the cutting edge of trailers and doing new things. You know, you had the first trailer with Claire de Lune. <laughs> imagined like really emotional the music kind of like you were saying there with ultraviolet you know letting the music drive it not necessarily kind of relying on sound design and then a trailer too which actually was all sound design called back the the campaign for the first movie because the teaser trailer for the first Godzilla again was just kind of really sparse and this kind of unsettling almost horror-esque sound design um, kind of in it and that that felt like the trailer 2 for for Godzilla King of the Monsters and then trailer 3 had a trailerized version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow What we are witnessing here is the return of Titans How many of these things are there? 17 and counting. And I think there was such goodwill towards this movie based on a really bold, interesting campaign. And then the reviews came out and um, and they said it wasn't great. So I think this is definitely a golden fleece situation. Um, I haven't seen the movie myself, so I can't speak to it. But, you know, 41% Rotten Tomatoes. Do you remember that campaign? Yeah, I mostly remember the Somewhere Over the Rainbow one because I really, really liked that trailer. Just... Uh, I'm I'm such a sucker for slow motion, grandiose shots set to to music that presses those buttons. Uh, and I actually did see the movie, and I actually I actually liked the movie. I liked it better than the first one because it had more monster stuff, which some people seemed to not enjoy. I'm thinking like, why would you go to a Godzilla movie unless you just want to watch them wail on each other? Yeah, what did you and, expect? 
Yeah, and it had more of that, so uh, I enjoyed it. It was exactly what I was expecting it to be. Yeah, and it's it's interesting from a marketing point of view when you have kind of literally visuals that big, and we're talking about you know big monsters, uh, titans, literally to kind of use counterpoint, which I guess is what all these trailers are doing. You know, there's percussion, but there's not big superhero esque emotional conventional trailer cues which i think might have possibly rendered the footage a bit cheesy it's very kind of reverential and um and the whole campaign reverential is a good word because if you just think about the mythos of the creatures you know they're you know these ancient creatures who are worshipped at some point they have this weight that you know just just put some music with which also has its own weight behind it and it's a winning combination. Yeah. And what else did you pull out of the vaults? So I, instead of going more recent, I went a little further back. Um, also another Mila Jovovich film, The Messenger, the story of Joan of Arc. I was about 10 years old. I was taking a shortcut home through the forest when a strange wind began to blow. So this is a, a period piece, you know, telling the story of Joan of Arc. And it's very, very dramatic uh, you know, really cool visuals and just really, really big, grandiose statements, you know, shots of giant battles and you know, a lot of armor and great costumes. Um, Are you saying something about the films of Mila Jovovich? I'm not. I didn't mean to going into this. It just ended up that way. It's just I was looking at my playlist of trailers that I really, really like. And I just remembered that this did not do very well critically. Uh, it's from 1999, directed by Luc Besson, who I love, but I heard this was not that great. I have not actually seen this film, but I really, really like the trailer. And the, the strong cue in this one is a cue from the soundtrack for Restoration. Halloween! Which, I guess places this trailer in the time when there was a lot of using soundtracks from other movies for uh, movie trailers. But yeah, this, like I said, it has a lot of really good visuals and it just has the kind of dialogue that has both exposition and is just really hyper dramatic in a way that is just perfect for trailers because that's just the things that trailers live off of, basically. Um, one thing I'll say, this trailer also has a lot of turns in it. So it starts off sort of slow music and kind of wistful and angelic. And then it gets into the battles where it's sort of like the, the drums. And then when the restoration music comes in, it's like really like a big symphony and has a lot of weight. And then it turns again because, you know, it's the story of Joan of Arc. So things can't go great the entire time. They have to get to that part because everyone knows that's what's coming. So uh, it's okay to show things going well, then all of a sudden they're not going so well for her and have all those different turns. And they even have like the very end, like this uh, really fast cut final like rise montage and this final bit with uh, Dustin Hoffman. And then they even uh, break out the, the title of the movie in the last bit of dialogue. Who are you to even think you can know the difference between good and evil? Yeah, so what lessons do you think we can learn from um, good trailers for bad movies? Are there good trailers for bad video games? I think the good trailers for bad games thing is a little bit different, but I'd say the lessons I take from the 
movie trailers is that things that make a good movie trailer don't necessarily make a good movie. Like I said, like the dramatic dialogue in the context of a larger film can be like overwrought, uh, but in a context of a trailer, it could be like perfect. And, you know, all these visual styles, it might make a movie uh, really, I don't know, dissonant and confusing, but in a trailer, just where you're looking for variety, then it's like, oh yeah, cool. Uh, give me more. Yeah, I um, I think back to the Transformers, the second Transformers, and uh, I think I've talked about it before, but the amazing shot of some huge Transformer going through a freeway really kind of stuck with me to the point where I'm talking about it probably 10 years later. Um, and then you watch it in the film and you're like, oh yeah, because it's surrounded by so much chaos. I think I described Transformers as the visual equivalent of someone taking their car keys out and kind of waving them in your face. There's all this incredible like, design work that goes into the millions of parts that ILM have constructed in the design of these things, and then it all kind of goes by in a massive blur. So that shot just kind of disappeared into the melee of the movie, whereas I, you know, seeing it in the trailer, it was it was kind of iconic. Yeah, and then the other thing is, obviously, trailers are only a couple minutes long, so if... You know, a lot of these scenes that are that are put into trailers, you can imagine being in a good movie, and then you just your brain fills in the blanks and say, "Hey, you know, it could be good," uh, and then you find out maybe that line was actually really bad in its actual context. But you, there's no way of knowing until you actually watch the film or play a game. I guess that's the thing about trailers in general. You're generally onto a winner because it is easy with most things to make them look good in the short form, mm-hmm. or at least choose the best bits, which we're kind of people say that that's what we do and ultimately we try not to kind of spoil things by putting the best bits in but you know you are going to reflect the entertainment in the best possible light but even then just putting all the best bits isn't necessarily a good trailer you know it it has to have some sort of structure that makes the trailer good so i'd say it's not a guarantee that if you take uh you know the best bits and just stick them in there that it's necessarily gonna look good yeah are there any other terrible movies with or, you know, universally kind of regarded as terrible movies with great trailers that you can remember. Um, I was thinking the the critical response to Prometheus wasn't great when it came out, but the anticipation based off that first trailer was huge and people had kind of such high expectations. That was the trailer that, that recalled the original Alien trailer in its sound design. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good example, too. Um, like, I didn't hate Prometheus. I know some people really did. But, yeah, that's also just gorgeous movie, and it has a great cast and just so much good material for the trailer. Um, for me, the only other examples I had were... I had the Silent Hill film. Honey, sometimes when you go to sleep, you go on a little walk. And sometimes you talk about a place. I don't remember. That's why we're going to go there. So you can remember. It was a sort of thing, again, really, really strong visuals and cut in like a horror style. And it was just, there's a novelty factor in there too, because seeing the sort of like high fidelity rendition of these classic characters was a novelty unto itself. And I heard the movie was not very good. (laughs) Okay, so that is our plate of Thanksgiving turkeys for your perusal. Have a great Thanksgiving. uh, And if you're not in in the US, then don't. (laughs) 
but you can eat mashed potatoes if you enjoy them. Apparently mashed potatoes are the thing. We're going to have roast potatoes because British. Oh. All right, so that's this week's episode. I want to wish everyone in the U.S. a happy Thanksgiving. Everyone else a happy week. As always, you can ask us questions at cutdown at idlethumbs.net. And we're on Twitter at CutDownCast, and I'm at Derek underscore Lou. And I'm at Rick Thomas. We're part of the Idle Thumbs Network, and you can also join us on the Idle Thumbs forums for some discussion if you want to discuss this week. Maybe you want to share some of your favorite trailers for movies that were not so great. And also, we want to give a thank you to our friends at Twisted Jukebox for our intro music. All right, bye. Friends. Let's go! This is my power. And I'm using it to protect my friends. Let's go!